Hello, I'm your host, Grayson Brulte. Welcome to another episode of SAE Tomorrow Today, a show about emerging technology and trends in mobility with leaders and innovators who make it all happen. On today's episode, we're absolutely honored to be joined by Ian Kinney, Director of Logistics, Innovation, Hillwood. On today's episode, he'll discuss Alliance Texas, a master plan development in Fort Worth, Texas. We hope you enjoy this episode. Ian, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Grayson. It's great to be here. Excited to talk to you a little more today. Excited to have you here because what Mr. Pro Jr. is building at Hillwood is the future. Mr. Pro Jr. and the team that you're on, you're doing it by embracing innovation. You're leaning into the future. You're being forward-looking. And you have the blessing of DFW, in my opinion, being the capital of autonomous trucking. It's ground zero. Everything is being built and deployed in the DFW region where you're located. Ian, from your perspective, being based in the region, what is the current state of the autonomous trucking market? Well, one, once again, thanks for having me on this. It's really great to be here. And, you know, when you think about where autonomous trucking has come from really in the past three, four years, it's it's really at, at a very different point right now. Here in DFW, you know, we're starting to see, you know, obviously there's some, some consolidation in the industry and some uh, some headlines right now. But at the same time, you're seeing a lot of great successes by some of the companies, too, doing actually commercial loads and revenue routes um, for for new partners every day. And so you're see, starting to see that density built in certain lanes and expanding beyond what was kind of initially maybe one or two key lanes at a DFW. It's now starting to be the hub for really a lot of networks to expand across the country. So we're very excited, and I think we're really still very early on in the, in, in the growth cycle of this industry. To me, the consolidation is healthy because it allows more capital to go to our successful companies. They're generating revenue. The most commonly trafficked route is Dallas-Fort Worth to Houston. Now it's expanding from Dallas-Fort Worth to Oklahoma City. And we're also seeing stuff as far as Atlanta. So we're starting to generate revenue. The industry is getting very healthy. Hillwood, at the end of the day, I'm going to call you, you're an innovative real estate company. You're not the typical boring, hi, I want to sell you real estate. You're leading into the future and you're innovating. How is Hillwood participating in this market? Are you developing the autonomous trucking depots of the future? Are you developing the infrastructure for these companies to scale when they drop their loads up? How are you participating in this market? Yeah, I mean, I think when you look back at kind of what you talked about in the intro to this, just Ross Pro Jr. and really the genesis of our company is very entrepreneurial and think creatively, but also think about how the world is going to change and will continue to change, especially how our business will continue to change. So whenever we embarked on this mission of you know really understanding autonomy and how it would impact our business, the goal was really just to be prepared for what how we develop buildings that be able to stand the test of time. So there's certainly that aspect. So our conventional real estate business has to be able to adapt over time and, and certainly change and evolve. Um, but also where it makes sense, we're certainly open to and have been have been working with multiple different different trucking companies on autonomous trucking companies on what does the depot look like um, and is there an opportunity for us to develop alongside them um, be helpful. But you know it doesn't always make sense. Um, you know there's certain markets where we're not active in currently as a company, but um, it's certainly here in Alliance Texas where it's our really our, our mothership project where everything started. Our ability to build facilities like what we built for Too Simple, but there's there's a lot more ability and appetite to do that. When you're developing facility for the likes of, of Too Simple, Gattuck is also operating in, in the Miz, and they're very public that with that at Walmart. Do you develop it at some point in the future? You can either repurpose it or, or redevelop it for another tenant, or are, there, are these completely bespoke developments that you're building for each individual unique customer? I think the good part about where the industry is right now is that a lot of them look to us as the real estate experts to help define what the characteristics of the building need to be. So understanding, you know, what the, you know, what the layout is, the functions ultimately, and help with the programming of that. So 
fortunately, we've been able to really help with kind of the formulation of what it looks like. I would say, though, that just generally speaking, you know, we'd rather not build a building that is incredibly purpose built for one user. Um, that just really hurts our ability to release it at the end of that life. So a lot of the things we have built are, you know, how could a how could a different company utilize this? You know, what is the the the, the tenant mix if it's not autonomous trucking? Who is the tenant? But ultimately, I think kind of the, the point what we were saying earlier is that, you know, our hope is that a lot of these spaces continue to be incubator spaces for other autonomous trucking companies to grow and commercialize and continue to build their businesses out of. Hopefully here in Alliance, Texas, and hopefully to um, continue to be a big part of our story also. When you're developing the depot, what role does the bandwidth, the, f- the fiber coming into the building, which you can use for multiple tenants, and the energy redundancy play since a lot of your, your current customers today and customers of the future will put, what you want to call at the edge, on-site data centers? Yeah, so you know when you think about real estate and kind of the life cycle of it, you know the the, the three kind of primary characteristics of real estate are what you know the three three biggest things you need to care about. It's always been location, 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 and that means something different for everybody. But what we're starting to really realize and determine here is that real estate's evolved from what used to be just a pure square footage equation to then it became more of a cubic footage. So you had your square footage plus the clear height and how much you could actually store in that building. To now, I mean, it's not just um, it's not just the um, it's not just the the cubic footage, but it's really especially when you're starting to deploy autonomy and advanced technologies. It's ingress egress, it's access to the site, and then you start layering in things like, okay, well, if I want to deploy electric fleets, I need to have enough power at the site. If I have a heavy conveyor operation or a high automation inside a facility, I need a lot of power. And then at the end of this, you layer in what we're talking about today with autonomy and kind of the the terminals, um, the the layer of, of data connectivity is, is massive. Having strong fiber at those sites is certainly a, a big part of the site selection process. So I, th- I certainly see a future, especially when autonomy and future fuels are really at scale, where it's not just a square footage or a cubic footage or a, you know, access. It's a, the power and the data is another huge part of that equation. As part of that equation, are you putting redundancy there if perhaps there's an incident outside of your control where a line gets snapped that your your customer does not have to worry because there's another redundant line coming in? Yeah, so we're doing a lot of work. You know, so right now, I mean, I mean, I think I can you know address the elephant in the room to a degree. I mean, Texas has had some headlines with with some grid instability issues in the past, especially with winter storms and things like that. I think you know we're in a we're in a much better spot now, and I think the state is working uh, diligently on addressing that. But so are we, and I think for our customers. We want to be able to say that you know we're building, we're, we're not just building a building. We're we're allowing their business to be resilient and reliable for when the next one of these uh, supply chain interruptions happens. With that, you know we're doing a lot of work on what we call our smart port. So it's we have about 1,100 acres in between the BNSF Intermodal facility and our Alliance Airport here that we manage on behalf of the City of Fort Worth. So we have 1,100 acres there. We can do about 15 million feet, and within that, we're starting to. Um, develop and design uh, a private uh, a private grid for that network. So um, having actually redundant power on site, plus you'll have du- dual feed from two different um, actual primary power providers. Do you have dual feeds from power? You're building the own grid. You have the BNSF railhead. You have a large UPS facility. JB Hunt has a presence there. You have the Fort Worth airport, which goes back to the founding of Alliance. 
what don't you have when a big logistics company wants to deploy? Obviously, you don't have the ocean, but besides the ocean, what don't you have? That's the big one. You know, so if we were to say, if you were to say just the container volumes coming through Alliance, depending on which metric you read, would be around the 50th busiest seaport in the world if we were on a body of water. But we're not. We're in the middle of Texas, and the nearest river is probably 20 miles south of us. So you know, we're not, we're not near water. Um, we're in the middle of the, the prairie here in Texas. But I think it also is it creates a really incredible ecosystem to have all of these um, all these different elements to build what we call, I mean really that's what we call our infrastructure here in Alliance and why I think a big reason why autonomous the autonomous industry especially with supply chains been so attracted to Alliance is that very there's very few places in the world where you can have you know one of the largest ports with intermodal container volumes you have one of the busiest airports the Alliance Airport now Pro Field is the 20th busiest airport in the U.S. as far as uh, cargo volumes. You have I-35 bifurcating the whole project. And then ultimately, you've got um, a large landowner and, and, and uh, landlord here in Hillwood that has you know 35 years of experience and over 55 million feet developed to date. So all of that creates a very compelling story for someone as far as why they would be here. And not to mention you know our the, the great customers we get to work with, such as the UPSs and the JV Hunts and the FedExes and the Walmarts, the Targets, the Amazon. I mean, all those groups are here. Um, so... There's a lot of reasons, and we're happy to you know, talk about any one of those reasons ever. Are you seeing synergies blossom between the autonomy companies that are deployed in Hillwood and your, let's call them your more traditional customers? Obviously, Gaddock is very public with Walmart. They did the press release that they're operating with Walmart inside of Hillwood. Are you seeing other other synergies start to bloom in the Hillwood ecosystem? Because I want for our listeners to know, it's not just commercial. Hillwood also has residential areas inside of your developments. Yeah, it's a great point. So um, when you look at Hillwood as a company, the group that I work for is Hillwood Properties, and that's the group that's behind um, Alliance Texas, which is a 27,000-acre master-planned community here in, in DFW. And that's all the infrastructure I just mentioned that's here. But two of our other big businesses, um, first, you may know uh, Hillwood Investment Properties, which is our kind of international development arm that's active all over the U.S. in every major industrial market. It's also active in Canada and, and Western Europe. Um, one of the largest private development companies uh, for industrial in the world. And then also here uh, we have Hillwood Communities. So Hillwood Communities is really born out of when you started Alliance, we were developing in the really the middle of nowhere. And you had to look and when you're talking with these customers, the first question we've gotten since day one is, where do I get my labor from? And when you're building warehouses in the middle of nowhere at the time, and I can say that because I grew up out here, the <laughs> we it was... There was nothing else out here. There was no. There was no affordable housing. There was no. There was no strip malls. There was no single-family communities. There was no apartment communities. And so we started building all of those things to really build that that true community. And now that 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 group is called Hillwood Communities, and we build uh, large master plan developments all over the state of Texas. Um, we're one, one of the largest, not the largest, lot development company in North Texas now. Some of our big projects, you know, Harvest, Pecan Square, both those are about. Three to four thousand homes, and we're about to start on um, on Hunter Ranch, which is up to six six thousand plus homes in that one. So, the great part about this is, as we work with all these these advanced mobility groups, very similar to how I talked about on the kind of heavy supply chain, the infrastructure package, having the ability to have a you know a, a close brother in Hillwood communities that is excited about technology and wants to to include that as part of new communities, it's really helpful. So. We've worked with groups like Clevon. So Clevon is a Estonian-based last mile delivery group to start deploying here um, locally in our communities, uh, starting with um, Harvest, hopefully, here soon. 
And then also you may be familiar with the uh, Bell flight that we did. So that was the first delivery of a package via drone here in North Texas. And we did that uh, from our flight test center up along BNSF right away and then ultimately up to Pecan Square where it delivered a package to the middle of the, the town. So that was kind of the first one and that was early on in this phase. And I think that's a good testament to kind of how much the industry's changed because you now have groups like Wing who are uh, who, who incubate also out of the flight test center here in Alliance and are now active at multiple communities across DFW. So a few different examples there, but that's certainly kind of how we break the business up and why the community is a huge part of this. I remember years ago, Bell had a very large display at CES Extreme Electronics in Vegas, and they were very proud to talk about what they did at Hillwood and was a very big part of their display. How did the flight test center come about? Was that born out of the, the history and the heritage with the Fort Worth airport? Obviously, I know we're going to go back years here, but you did you worked with Uber when they had Uber Elevate. Is that when the flight test center came online, or when did it really start to incubate? Really full life cycle with Bell is actually the answer. So that facility was built for Bell as a helicopter training facility years ago. And they used that to do helicopter training missions between the flight test center, what it's called now, and their um, headquarters down in Hearst. And so they were flying helicopters back and forth between there doing training missions. Over time, they were able to consolidate their training for helicopters down at their, uh, at, in Hearst at their facility. And we, and we regained uh, control over that, that property. So for a little bit, it was, you know, what do we do with this thing? It's very, very specialized. So going back to your kind of question about specialized real estate infrastructure, it's very specialized. But I think what we realized very quickly was the way that the location that it was in was in a very um, interesting intersection of different airspace classifications here in DFW. So you had class B, class D, and class G all within really kind of one area and very tight area, all under the um, the Alliance Texas control tower. So what that does is it allows some great companies to come to Alliance and really test in a complicated airspace. So to, to prove this technology is, commercial, is, is commercially ready, you can't be testing in a desert. You have to test in an environment that is, that is really truly more what you're going to be seeing in a commercial setting. And so companies will come there. It's private land ownership. It's pri- I mean, it's hidden from road, and they can test everything. We have everything from, obviously, package delivery um, drones to defense to you know, uh, photography to universities, schools that use it. And then now, um, actually, it's the, the, the amount of paving we have out there is actually great for some of these kind of uh, autonomous vehicles to test also. So um, it's actually a very, been a very crucial part of our overall story here that you know, a lot of these companies are beyond the, what you think is maybe the initial kind of product testing phase. But things do come up and, and they're constantly adapting and implementing new, new technologies onto their vehicles that require maybe a little more of a, a secure and private setting. So it's been good. The private setting is tr- tremendous. There's a lot of companies that you work with and interact with that are testing out tire blowouts. Now they're, they're getting very public on that. Is that an example something that could be tested in private to, to test a tire blowout and then once they perfect it, then they can move on? Yeah, that's certainly something you could do out there. So tire blowout, you know, you'd have maybe pedestrian crossings. You could, you could simulate that. And then, you know, obviously the drone missions and things like that you could certainly test so there's a whole litany of things that groups have tested out there and um you know we like to do just be a partner and um, obviously a convener but ultimately an enabler for a lot of this technology with the complicated airspace are you seeing evtol interest from evtol companies wanting to test their complicated airspace because if you're going to operate in downtown los angeles downtown san francisco or miami that airspace is complicated there's major international airports there's a lot of interesting situations around there is that something that's potentially being tested there 
Yeah, I mean, you go back to the genesis of this mobility innovation strategy that we're working on here at Hillwood, and a lot of it was started with our partnership with Uber Elevate. So the flying air taxi business of Uber Elevate, and a big thing we looked at from the very get-go was airspace classifications, air corridors through urban areas, and then ultimately the power was was a huge part of that equation also. So all of those things will impact the EV tall industry. I think you know we're very much believers in the EV tall industry, but think it's there's still some time before it's commercially viable and scalable. But I think you're starting to see like some great news, like with Joby um, recently in their military contracts and things like that, where there's some really great applications for the technology that will help it reach a commercial level soon. When we've reached that commercial level, I'm not, I'm not putting a timeline on it. Do you see one of the use cases of moving residents from the Hillwood community to the DFW airport as an example? Yeah, I mean, you start thinking about, you know, really the, the a commuter aviation model and how that completely changes, you know, where and how you locate and um, where you choose to live. Um, it's pretty pretty interesting. And, you know, when whenever we're working with, with Uber, one of the great things they had, obviously, was the Uber data. And one of the cool things about it was they were able to just point and say that one of the most frequent, if not the most frequent route in DFW was from DFW Airport to Frisco, which is, you know, a 40-minute drive. But if you could do that in an EV tall, I mean, that completely changes maybe where you choose to locate and, and, and what kind of home you have and, and what the amenity suite is in that community. So it goes back to why is a real estate company we care is that that completely evolves what we look at with our amenities package and our, and our projects, but also maybe where we choose to locate some of these buildings also. That's interesting. And in 2019, Hillwood launched the Mobility Innovation Zone. It's commonly known as the Miz. That's what put you on my map when you made that announcement. I believe Deloitte was your partner on that. Why? What did you see in the market when you built the Miz? And for a listener that doesn't know what the Miz is, what is the Miz? Yeah. So, you know, when you think about really going back to what I mentioned with the Uber Elevate model, you know, we learned very quickly, like I mentioned, there was going to be a lot of challenges beyond just build a vehicle and grow the business. Infrastructure is a huge part of that. I mentioned the power with Uber Elevate. And then similarly, we worked with a group called Drive AI, you probably know, um, to stand up a shuttle comp- a shuttle group or a shuttle business here in uh, also at Frisco Station. And that was shuttling people from an office park up to a restaurant base and then ultimately an apartment area also. So they did about 7,000 rides before ultimately that group was acquired by Apple. And you, you guys probably know the history. Um, but with, to do that, we stood up a private 5G network with AT&T. So a couple things just right out of the gate we realized was that, one, technology was was real, but also it would require infrastructure to really work and also a heavy uh, partnership model. We thought, you know, there's really no better company in the world than Hillwood at partnerships and infrastructure. And then the third thing we really realized was that the adoption of these technologies would, would really be led by logistics and supply chain. So the movement of freight rather than the movement of people. So when you combine all those factors, really Alliance Texas is in our, was in our mind and still is today kind of the best place to do it. Given all the infrastructure I've talked about, given our, our history out here, and also just given the density of freight within Alliance, there's a really great opportunity to start deploying use cases here. So really the mobility innovation zone was how do we put a name around this that describes what we're doing uh, beyond just Alliance Texas, beyond just kind of our day-to-day business out here. And that's been the mobility innovation zone. It's really bringing access, bringing companies here into the into the ecosystem of Alliance Texas, and helping them commercialize their businesses really with freight critical uh, resources and partnerships uh, for them to adopt and scale autonomy, drones, really any technology that's that we can can figure out will really be transformational for the supply chain moving forward. 
thing that you have at Hillwood, you have the ability for companies to generate revenue and consistent revenue just because of all the freight that's moving from there. What were the conversations like in the early days when you were approached by an autonomous, let's say autonomous trucking company, or perhaps it was a middle mile legatic and saying, hey, Hillwood, we know you're really not in this, but we've got this autonomous technology and we're interested in deploying. What were some of those early conversations like? Was it skeptical on your part or did you immediately see the opportunity based on your heritage? You know, I think it's it was probably more the it was certainly more the latter, but I mean, I think there's obviously the natural skeptic, but I think as a company, we've been so ingrained with just the just be open to every opportunity because you never know what door it's going to open. And I think with us, it's just we thought it was a you know kind of a crazy idea, but our whole company is based off crazy ideas. I mean, we started with you know the vision of a Hillwood and Alliance was was something that had never been done before, at least in this scale, and. I mean, you look back at the Pro systems. I mean, the original days of EDS, which is what Mr. Pro started. I mean, that that was the first time outsourced IT had ever been done, and now that's a huge part of the economy. And so you think about just as a company where our roots come from and what we are today. I mean, it's it it, it was really a no brainer to start to to be a part of this industry in a, in a meaningful way. And also, we we kind of felt an obligation. I mean, there was really whenever I start talking about kind of why not us or you know who, who else could do this and i think the answer was we didn't think anyone at the time could or, or would do it so we're excited to, to, to still be a part of that industry with the crazy ideas mentality in place how do you go about thinking about autonomy on a regular basis are you trying to figure out what's next and how do i get them to hillwood before they go somewhere else there's some of that you know i think it's a lot of it is telling our story because i think when you understand the story what we have here what we're building the resources that are in place to help you succeed it's it's really a it's a it's a no brainer that, you, that this is the right place to be. With that said, I mean, you know, there's companies that have no idea that we exist. There's companies that you know have you know attachments to certain areas. But you know, our goal with all of this is you know, it's it's a very it's it's very it's a very thorough marketing plan. It's how do you get companies that are trying to grow and, and scale their business to so one work with partners, but also we want to be ready when they have a manufacturing deal or they have a uh, operations facility, an R and D facility office requirement we want to be that 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 re, the real estate resource for them is there is there in manufacturing operations today currently in hillwood oh yeah yeah there's a lot of manufacturing here in alliance texas so you know a really great example of kind of this advanced mobility manufacturing i mean we've got a lot of manufacturing but one of the really kind of more prominent ones is a group called mp materials so mp materials or mountain pass materials is a company that is an entirely rare uh, entirely domestic we're a supply chain building magnets for the EV industry. So those magnets are all going to be manufactured here in Alliance, Texas, using uh, ores that are mined in California. And so that'll be, you know, so their their primary customers, the big one that you may know of is uh, General Motors, but also the U.S. Department of Defense is another big one. So they're building those ma- that man- magnet, where we are building that magnet manufacturing facility for them here in Alliance. And that's a really big part of not just um, advanced mobility, but also critical supply chains for the U.S. military. So we're really excited about that. But also we have more fun ones like 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 Callaway Golf. You know, their final assembly of golf clubs is here and things like that. So we've got a um, we've got everything from very heavy manufacturing to you know also a lot more of the light manufacturing too. The Callaway experience in Carlsbad, haven't been yours, was fan- fantastic when they fit you for clubs, but I digress. When you look at everything ha- happening in Hill, when you look at manufacturing it creates jobs and they're sticky jobs. That's the thing when, when uh, Carlos Jimenez was mayor of Miami-Dade County, when Argo, when they were still around, he wanted to figure out a way to create manufacturing jobs because of stickiness and the, and the benefits of the economy. You're creating manufacturing jobs. 
I like the MP materials because you're getting the national security angle on that. And that's getting shipped there. You have the ability to move the freight because it's going to be heavy to, to, to move those magnets. How are you approaching autonomous solutions for drayage? Because JB Hunt's there. They have a very big intermodal business. BNFS is there. You have FedEx, UPS. And I believe there's an Amazon facility as well. Are you looking at autonomous drayage solutions? And then we're seeing the big trend now around how do we electrify and, and autonomize drayage solutions? Yeah. So, I mean, I think when you look at what autonomy is really good at, it's the classic fixed repeatable routes. When you look at what's, what electrification is good at, it's also kind of more repeatable, shorter length hauls. And so when you combine those two kind of really transformational technologies, like I mentioned earlier, you have a really interesting business case for deploying for drayage. So you look at here in Alliance, and like I mentioned, you know, we're currently uh, facility that's about 1.1 million containers per year. And BNSF's goal is to grow that to well over 1.5, approaching 2 million containers annually. So that's a lot of stuff that has to move and it has to move efficiently. So we're working very closely with a list of partners to, as part of our Smartport project, to start deploying autonomous and ult- electric and ultimately autonomous drayage. That'll essentially, you know, you envision almost like a conveyor belt of containers moving out from the BNF, BNSF facility to an out, uh, outside container depot. And ultimately, those can then filter out into the warehouse of an alliance or uh, beyond alliance and into other facilities. But ultimately, what that does, it creates a more efficient supply chain that frees up capacity for BNSF to you know push more throughput through their facility. So we work very closely with them, and we're really excited about continuing to grow that partnership with BNSF, but also the drainage providers and in the, in the drainage community, which is traditionally a very mom-and-pop industry when you look at really um, most of the drivers out here are very much mom-and-pop. JV Hunt's by far the biggest, but there's a long list of other companies that are active out here. Shareholders love efficiency, especially if you're a shareholder in a rail company, even though BNSF is part of Berkshire Hathaway. Investors in Berkshire still love efficiency. As you start to create the smart port, you introduce automation. Is that something that Hillwood's building on behalf of your partners or you're bringing in partners to it? How does it look from a development standpoint? I, I always want to say never say never, but I don't think we have any plans given the capital needs to be a uh, autonomous developer. With that said, you know, we're, we've, we've been fortunate through all this to, to really meet kind of the best in the business, best in class across every different type of autonomy, whether that's the class aids or the yard trucks or, you know, the groups that are um, doing the middle mile like Gaddock or even the first and last mile, like I mentioned, the club on and others. Um, so really having that full kind of end to end autonomy kind of vision is, is ultimately what we're after here. So, we're working with a long list of partners to deploy everything from the microgrid strategy, like I mentioned earlier, to autonomous and electrified drayage, to container depots, to telecom infrastructure, things like that. So you think about just the list of things that we talked about that we we are we are saying is critical to long-term infrastructure and, and real estate. We're making sure we have every one of those boxes checked with the smart port development. You're doing it. You, you did a wonderful job when you put the Ford Fort Worth conference on. You put a really great diverse group of individuals together, individuals from telecom, individuals from REITs that operate the infrastructure for cell towers. You had individuals that work in autonomy. You had individuals, uh, your sister company, ProJane, that invest in this and, and partners at Alliance. You brought together a really good group and the common denominator in this conversation and the wonderful event that you put on was H- Hillwood Innovates. It's clear and simple that you're, you're looking to embrace the future. With that in mind, in your opinion, what is the future of Alliance Texas? You know, I think, I think a lot of What's exciting about my role is I, I, I have, I'm asked that question often and our team here is um, asked that question often. And I think the answer is we don't know. 
but we want to be, be able to provide the infrastructure that says we don't know today, but we're prepared for whatever it might be in the future. And so the future of Alliance, you know, we've we've got a long, certainly enough land for for my career and maybe the the generation behind me to continue to build and develop out here in Alliance. Um, we'll continue to work hand in hand with our customers. Um, and I think ultimately, as data pro, pro starts to more become become more common and really proliferate throughout our uh, supply chain ecosystem, I think we're going to have a more collaborative and ultimately less siloed um, supply chain. And I think there's no better place, once again, than Alliance to really bring all those pieces together, especially from a data perspective. It's clear that you're prepared for the future and you're ready to build the future. You have the technology and the infrastructure to build. And most importantly, you have the land and you can't magically go bitty boppity boop and add land. You have that. Ian, as we look to wrap up this insightful conversation, what would you like our listeners to take away with them today? There's a lot of things I could say at the end of this. I think, you know, when you're starting to think about, you know, the future, I think what I'd like to encourage is that when you think about the transformation of autonomy, I don't think, you know, I had a conversation with one of our, one of our really great partners here in Alliance. And for a lot of these jobs that, you know, the, the question is, you know, what happens to the jobs? And I think we've seen in history, technology has always evolved and um, jobs never been have not been lost. And I think for a lot of these industries, the, the reality is if they don't innovate and they don't introduce technologies, they will not be able to have a business in the next 10, 10 years. My generation doesn't want to sit in the cab of a truck all day. We don't want to, you know, be working the, the cold shift at night when it's when there's snow on the ground or be away from our families. Um, but I think what technology enables us to do is have a lot more flexibility and also reliability in the supply chain that all of us rely on, whether or not we we, we see it or not. So we're really excited to be, to be a part of that transformation. We think it's um, really just getting started here. So I encourage you if you haven't if you haven't been to Texas, you haven't been to Fort Worth to come down and see us and uh, we'd love to have you. That's beautiful. Autonomy creates jobs. Autonomy secures the supply chain. Autonomy has a very positive economic impact. And most importantly, autonomy creates jobs, jobs, jobs. Today is tomorrow. Tomorrow is today. The future is Alliance Texas. Ian, thank you so much for coming on SAE Tomorrow Today. Thanks, Grayson. Good to have you. Thank you for listening to SAE Tomorrow Today. If you've enjoyed this episode and would like to hear more, Please kindly rate, review, and let us know what topics you'd like for us to explore next. Be sure to join us next week as we speak with Jesse Snyder, Director of Logistics Innovation at Zev Station. He'll share his insights and thoughts on the recent SAE standards about the wireless power transfer of electric vehicles. SAE International makes no representations as to the accuracy of the information presented in this podcast. The information and opinions are for general information only. SAE International does not endorse, approve, recommend, or certify any information, product, process, service, or organization presented or mentioned in this podcast.